The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. I want to be in 1 Thessalonians again this morning. I appreciate so much you listening last night and so many comments after the message last night. And I pray today that God would use this message to be a blessing to your heart as well. I've heard so many positive things about the beginning of this semester and the emphasis on God's word and the speakers that you've had in. And so I'm so thankful to hear that great report and what God's doing in the heart of each of our students here at Pensacola Christian College. And so I hope today to be a, continue to be a blessing to you, and I want to challenge you through God's word. First Thessalonians chapter number two. Last evening I went to a, a verse, and I want to go back to that verse this morning as well. In verse number 13, the Apostle Paul writes this, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when we receive the word of God, when ye received the word of God, which ye had heard of, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I want to make notice of this verse, but as it is in truth. As the Apostle Paul was presenting this gospel to the church at Thessalonica, When they heard the gospel preached, they received it. They understood what Paul was saying by faith. They put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and they they gladly received it, and they received it as truth, meaning this, that they believed that God's word was true. They acted upon it. They, They took that in, and it became a difference in their life. Yes, it made a difference in eternity, like salvation does, but it affected them here in this life as well. Everything about them changed. Who they worshiped changed. Those that, how they thought changed. What they, what they did and how they acted changed. Everything about this church was different once they met Jesus Christ. Because as they received the gospel of Jesus Christ, they took it as truth. We're living in a day today where truth is what you want it to be. But my friend, that's not called truth. That's just feelings. And we don't make decisions based upon feelings. We make decisions based upon truth. There's times, if you were to ask me my opinion, today I will think one thing, and based upon circumstances of that day, the next day I might come to a different conclusion. There are times in my life that I've made a decision, and when I made that decision, I knew absolutely that was the right decision to make. Yet there was a problem. I didn't have all the facts. And in realizing this, after I made that decision, the decision I made was based upon my feelings, based upon what I thought I knew, only to come to the conclusion that that decision was wrong. We have to make decisions based upon truth. 
We have to make decisions in our life. In this generation, we are being bombarded by cultural things. We're being bombarded by things that are anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-truth. And we must make decisions and you must make decisions in your life, not based upon culture, not based upon feelings, but based upon God's word. In order for you to do that, you must receive God's word as truth. That must be your foundation. In everything you do, the word of God must be the foundation. It's where you find truth. Truth doesn't change. Circumstances change, feelings change, culture changes. But God's word stands forever. And this is a truth that this church at Thessalonica received. This church welcomed truth. And the apostle Paul arrives in Thessalonica. And after a very difficult time, verse number two of chapter two tells us that Paul is coming from the Philippi. And as I mentioned last evening, we understand that there in Philippi, Paul had a very difficult time. The apostle Paul was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul, there was a young lady there that was demon possessed. And there were men in that city that were using this young girl to make money and to to, uh, tell fortunes. and, And they were just using her. But the Apostle Paul, with the truth of the gospel, set that young girl free. And because he set her free, the Lord Jesus Christ set her free of that demon. He was placed in jail. He was beaten for the gospel's sake. He was there in that jail. We know the the wonderful story, how it ends there in Philippi. But it was a horrible experience for the Apostle Paul as he's preaching the truth of the gospel. Some had received it and others had rejected it. And as Paul is leaving Philippi, he comes to this city of Thessalonica. And as he comes to this city, though through great persecution, through great suffering, the Apostle Paul stands for truth. And as he is standing for truth, this church receives and welcomes this truth. Paul is going to leave Philippi. He's coming to a place of Thessalonica. And as he comes to this place... There's several things that I just want to point out in this message here this morning. And I just want to be an encouragement to your heart. I want to challenge every single one of us here to welcome truth in our life. I realize this in a crowd this size, there are probably some here today that are confused about things. You're confused about some decisions that you've made. And you're looking for answers. You're confused about some events in your family and you're looking for some answers. You're confused maybe about God's calling on your life and you're looking for answers. You see all the things that we are inundated with and the things that are seemingly coming at us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, causing us to doubt, causing us to fear, causing great anxiety in our lives. And I today want to bring truth to your life so that you have a foundation to build upon. Here the Apostle Paul is coming and he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. This church receives this gospel. Look with me, if you would please, in verse number 17 of chapter number 2. The Apostle Paul writes this, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart. What is he saying? We're not there in person, but you are there in our thoughts and our hearts. 
We might not be there with you physically, but there is a bond between us, and you are in our hearts, and we are in your hearts. It's a continual thinking. Paul said this in chapter number one, that I'm continually praying for you. When Paul would kneel and talk to God, he would bring up the names of those here at this church. There was a wonderful bond here in this church. Why? Because as Paul preached to them the gospel, they received it as truth, and that because of they received it at truth, this wonderful bond, this wonderful relationship was formed. I would say to you this, the most wonderful relationships that you'll ever have in this life are those that believe the word of God, that relationship you have, that friendship you have built upon truth. Paul says this, not in heart, endeavoring, endeavored the more abundantly to, to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? He's asking this question. What is this? What is our hope? What, what is the thing we're so anticipating? What is it that we look forward to? He says, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming. For ye are our glory and joy. Paul was encouraged by this church. You know, we ought to be a people, we ought to be Christians that encourage the work of the Lord. I know you're in a, a wonderful place. Around wonderful people, I've already met wonderful students yesterday and in this morning even, and I'm looking forward to meeting even more over the, the next day and a half or so. And I know you're in a wonderful place where people are serving the Lord, but I want to challenge each and every one of you here today to be this type of Christian, to be this type of people that encourage others in the work of the Lord. Paul said this as he's coming from this difficult place of Philippi, he comes to this church. Yes, there's great persecution. Yes, there's great sorrow, but there's a place of hope and there's a place of rejoicing. Why? Because there was someone there, there was a group of people there that were staying fast, that were standing sure, that were believing in the truth of God's word and their endurance and their belief in God's word encouraged Paul to continue. Oh, I want to encourage every single student to have a relationship with the Lord, to have truth in your heart, to stand upon the foundation of God's word. And as you do that, you will be a tremendous encouragement to others. The Apostle Paul is encouraged to continue. Again, I want you to think about this. Sometimes we see the Apostle Paul as this great apostle. We see him as such a strong apostle. But the Apostle Paul was a human being. He went through the same things that we went through. The Apostle Paul went through loneliness. The Apostle Paul went through physical hurt. He went through emotional hurt. There was, a, there was something that, that the Apostle Paul even prayed and said that Satan is using this to buffet me. And he prayed to the Lord, please remove this from me. He was begging God through prayer to remove this. The Apostle Paul, I believe, was a strong Christian. But the Apostle Paul also suffered. There had to have been days that the Apostle Paul had to wonder, is this worth it? Am I, am I going to go to another city? Am I going to continue to serve the Lord? Can I endure another beating? You know, one of the things that we as human beings don't like, we don't like rejection. 
I was walking through the campus yesterday and one of the one fellow came to me and he said, hey, great message in chapel the other, yesterday. And I said, thank you, but I didn't preach chapel yesterday. He said, oh, that was someone else. And I said, I hope that you'll come back, though, and tell me the next day, hey, great message in chapel because I'm preaching tomorrow. He came to me last night and he said, great message last night. And I'll tell you, that was an encouragement. I was waiting for him to come back. If he did not come back, I would have known it was not a great message. My good friend, the other Kenny Baldwin, you know who he is, Ken Wynn. He said to me this, don't worry, you'll know if you preached good or not. I said, how will I know? He says, if you get invited back. He said, I've preached one time in chapel. (laughs) We all like encouragement. None of us like rejection. The Apostle Paul lived a life of rejection. Could you imagine having a burden and a passion, knowing this is truth and trying to give this truth to a world that continued to reject you? That would jail you, that would beat you, that wanted you dead? Could you imagine looking up from a a heap of stones as men were cursing you and throwing stones upon you, wishing you dead? And then to get up from that pile of stones and go back and do what you were already doing? The Apostle Paul needed encouragement just like you and I need encouragement. Some of the strongest people that you might look at in your life, some of the strongest people that you might see here today, they need encouragement. And I want to challenge you to be like this church, a church that continues people to to go forward to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they, They challenge Paul and encourage Paul to keep serving Jesus in the midst of suffering, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of hurt. Continue to serve Jesus. I want to challenge you to be that type of person. Be that type of person. You know, we're always surrounded by negativity. We need positive people for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you want to find something to complain about, all you have to do is wake up. It's right there in front of you. I woke up today. The first thing I did was complain. You're all thanking the Lord today for the rain. I said, rain, Lord? Come on. I'm in Florida. I'm coming from Ohio. Six inches of snow on the ground. I just wanted sun for three or four days. You know, if we want to, we can complain. But this church didn't find the reason to complain. They lived for a reason to encourage. There are so many things that God is doing in your life. And it is up to us to share those things to encourage fellow believers to continue serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only did it encourage Paul to continue, I want you to look with me in verse number 14 of this same chapter. We've read verse 13. Paul says that we thank God for you because you received the word of God. For ye, in verse 14, for ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God. 
which is in Judea, are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always for the wrath to come upon them to their uttermost. Paul is saying... You know, you're experiencing some, some, some suffering as well. But this church received truth. This church acted upon the truth. This church believed truth. It changed them. And because of that, it encouraged Paul to continue. And it also gave him strength in times of trouble. It gave Paul the strength he needed when times are difficult. You know, I know there's many in this room that's going through difficulty. I'll share with you some tomorrow, a personal testimony that I've been through over this past year. They say after COVID, over 30% increase, uh, 30% of, of, of young people, of teenagers, and just above that teenage years are going through depression and anxiety. That's real. I know there's people here today that are going through troubles. I know there's some today that are wondering how the ends are going to meet and how we're going to pay bills and how we're going to continue in school. I know there's some that are worried about grades. There's some that are worried about, about dating and, and engagement. There's some that are worried about life, wondering, is, is, is there going to be opportunities for me? There's some that are probably here today and you've gone through life and maybe you've been made fun of and maybe you feel alone and maybe you're just going through some things and you feel like hopeless and helpless and you're wondering, does anyone care? I want to encourage this student body to be like this church, to give strength to those that are in times of trouble. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ is the most wonderful thing that you can do in your life. And encouraging others to serve the Lord Jesus Christ is the most wonderful thing that you can do in life. This is a nurturing church. This is a life-giving church. They treated each other with care. They treated each other with love. Any place that Christians gather, it ought to be the most loving, caring, compassionate place there is on the planet Earth. It ought to be a place where people come and feel welcomed. It ought to be the place where the weary comes and find strength. It ought to be a place where the discouraged come and find hope. It ought to be a place where the lonely come and find friendship. This is what the body of Christ ought to be. Anyone can throw more upon a hurting person. Anyone can look and, and discourage someone. But this church encouraged Paul and strengthened Paul in times of trouble to continue doing what Paul has been called by God to do. These are young believers. As I mentioned last evening, this, this church was a, a young church. Paul established this church. And after the establishment of this church, it said maybe some two or three years later when this letter was written back to this very young church. This church of young believers, they are encouraged to stay focused on the gospel. 
You know, sometimes we can get so busy in our Christian life that we lose focus of the gospel. We can get so involved in our Christian circles that we lose focus that our mission is the proclaiming of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That our goal in life ought to be to proclaim the wondrous gospel to a lost and dying world. This church knew that if we could encourage Paul to continue, and Paul knew if I could encourage this church to continue, that more lost people would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, more lost people would find uh, salvation through Jesus Christ, that the gospel would go forth throughout the Gentile nations, and people would be gloriously saved. This is his mission. This is the church's mission. And this is our mission as well, to see the gospel go forth. I say this to our church often, church is a place of healing. Church is not a museum of perfect people. Church is a hospital for broken people. Church is a place where people come and find hope. About a month ago in our church service on a Sunday morning, as I was preaching just down here to my left, in the second row, there was a, a young lady. She was 30. I didn't know at the time, but I knew she was in her late 20s, early 30s or so, and she sat in a wheelchair. And as she sat in that wheelchair, she just rocked and moved, and, and it was difficult for her to stay still during the message. And, and because of her movements, it caught my eye several times as I was preaching. And I preached a message. Jesus Christ can heal the brokenhearted. I preached a message how the gospel changes lives. I preached the message how God will take those that, uh, that the world has abused and how the world has thrown away. And the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ will change lives and make you a child of God. You become a child of the King. I preached a message. And at the end of the message, like I always do, we gave an invitation and as I gave that invitation, I noticed this hand go up in that wheelchair. One of our altar workers went and she trusted Christ as her Savior. At the end of the service, when I was, she was leaving, I came in and introduced myself to her and she began to tell me her story. She says, you don't know me, but she says, you've probably seen me on the news over the last couple days. And I said, tell me about the story. And she said, five months ago, I was taken. I was drugged. For the last five months, I've been in a house where my body has been sold. She was a victim of sex trafficking. One of the police officers in our church was the one that did a raid on that home and freed her and six other girls that were in that home. She's now addicted to drugs. She's thought several times, she said about taking her life, she said, what kind of person would want me? What kind of life am I going to live? She there in tears as she's rocking in her wheelchair in her church lobby, she said, I came to church today. She said, I felt hopeless. I felt used. I felt like no one could ever love me. She said, I even wondered, God, why would you let this happen to me? And then in tears, she began to say, then I heard 
the message how Jesus loved me. I heard how you said that Jesus Christ would take me the way that I am. He, she said, I heard you say that Jesus Christ died for my sins and that, that I could become a child of God. And she said, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. She said, I felt worthless and I felt helpless. And she says, Jesus loves me. And there I begin in our church lobby to begin to cry as well. And I hope that no one ever come to our church and think we're just a bunch of perfect people that they can never relate to. We're just a group of people saved by grace that are called to proclaim the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Church ought to be a place, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've been involved in, no matter how much you've been hurt, no matter what you're suffering, you get to know that Jesus Christ loves you. He wants to spend eternity with you. There's not a person in this room that's not important to God. No, we need to be a body of believers that proclaim that truth, that encourage others with that truth so that people can find healing. Church ought to be a place where God's grace is seen, where God's grace is experienced. You know, each of us find life difficult. Each of us have trials. Every single one in this room, from the greatest Bible teacher in this room to the freshman, all of us have had trials, all of us have questions. There's been a time in all of our lives where we've wondered, is it easier to quit? Can I face it another day? But this was a place that encouraged the Apostle Paul. You may be experiencing difficulties today, you're in good company. You may be going through trials today, students, you're in good company. This church embraced the truth and it affected how they dealt with others. This church embraced the truth and it affected how they dealt with other people. You see, they weren't going to get involved in their own suffering and have a pity party for themselves. And, and, and they weren't going to, to look at life and say, it's not worth living. No, they said this, serving Jesus Christ is the most wonderful thing. We heard the gospel, it changed our life. We received it with truth. And now we're going to live a life to encourage others to continue to live for Jesus Christ. My challenge to you last night, my challenge to you today is this. Are you living a life to encourage others to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? I like positive people. How many of you like positive people? Would you raise your hand? How many of you like positive people? I love positive people. Would you choose to be positive for the Lord Jesus Christ today? Would you encourage the person that's hurting would you find the one that's sitting all alone? Would you find the one that's, that looks like they're carrying a, a burden? And encourage them with how good God is. 
This world was unkind. In verse number 14, verse number 15, verse number 16, we find this. For sake of time, I won't read them. But if you look in those verses, you would find that this world was unkind. This world offered nothing but suffering. This, hurt, this world tried to stop them. Even Satan himself was trying to hinder the work of the apostle Paul. Satan himself was trying to hinder Paul from coming back and seeing this church. This world is going to be unkind. This world is going to try to hinder you. But the people of God were an inspiration and a joy to the place where Paul said this in verse number 20, for ye are our glory and joy. Paul might not have had a whole lot to look forward to. Paul didn't have much or anything in his retirement account. <laughs> I don't know if Paul owned a home. I don't know if Paul had enough food or enough money for the next day's meals. I don't know if Paul had a suitcase of clothes or he only had the ones he was wearing. I know Paul's back was bruised. I know he had wounds. I know Paul emotionally was hurting. I know Paul was rejected. I know Paul was hated by many. But Paul said this, you are our joy. You are our glory. Why? Because they determined that they were going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you determine today that no matter what comes, no matter what this world throws at you, no matter what your feelings are, no matter what this world does, no matter what culture dictates, that you are going to find peace and you are going to find joy and you are going to be an inspiration to others to serve the wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. We need men we need men and women of courage. We have enough that are falling to this world. Men, we need men in this room today to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, to stand on the principles of God's word and be an inspiration and be a joy for others. Upperclassmen, I want to encourage you to find someone younger than you and encourage them to stick with it and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Mentor someone. Encourage someone. Be that joy in someone's life. So when they feel alone, they feel hurt, they feel like they're going through suffering, you are the one that they say, as Paul said, I pray for you often, I thank God for you, I can't wait to see you face to face because of all that you've done to encourage me in the gospel ministry. Those will be relationships you'll never forget. I want to challenge you with this today, serve the Lord Jesus Christ Stand for truth and stand for righteousness. Build your life upon the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. There's joy in serving Jesus. There's joy in serving others for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, 
empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.